0: Hello and welcome to the Respiratory Exchange podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dwight chairman of the Respiratory Institute at Cleveland Clinic. This podcast is intended for healthcare providers and covers topics related to respiratory health and disease. My colleagues and I will be interviewing experts about timeless and timely topics in the areas of pulmonary, critical care, allergy, sleep, and infectious disease. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Respiratory Exchange podcast. My guest today is Dr. Anshal Kapoor. Dr. Kapoor is the Director of the Liver Intensive Care Unit at the Cleveland Clinic. She established the unit and she currently directs it. So we are really going to talk to her today about uh, what went into establishing this unit and running it day to day. Welcome, Anshal.
1: Thank you, Dr. Drake. It's a pleasure for me to be here today. And it's a great way to introduce what we are doing in our medical intensive liver
0: unit. So Anshal, tell us, why did you think of establishing a medical intensive liver unit?
1: The liver disease presents a high burden both on the society as well as healthcare system. So if you look back, it accounts for almost 2 million deaths nationwide per year. Out of those 2 million, advanced liver disease, or the cirrhosis, and its complication account for almost 1 million deaths. According to CDC, cirrhosis has been 11th leading cause of death in the United States. So looking at that and looking at our own ICU, we do carry around 12 to 13 patients with liver cirrhosis on a daily basis. So the idea came through from that number that if we have such advanced disease, knowing the disease burden, high acuity level, and the mortality in this patient population, we just got together and thought of a co-management model with hepatology for standardizing care of these advanced liver disease patients. And that's how we all got together and presented this idea to hospital management to have a unit where we can cohort advanced liver disease patients and standardize care around best practices over there.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And just the number struck me when you said 12 to 13 Liver patients, that's an average unit size in another place. So as you know, our medical ICU is upper of 60 beds, so like, it's, it's not unusual to have that many patients in liver. So walk me through the process. What did it take to put it together? I know it is a multidisciplinary unit. You have people from different walks of medicine. Uh, tell me how that worked.
1: So it took us a village and an enormous amount of time to put this together. We had to engage a large team of professionals in multiple sessions of brainstorming, computing logistics and operations, and creating educational efforts from the viewpoint of multidisciplinary team. So knowing and understanding the need of this unit, we presented this idea to hospital management. We were allocated 13 beds, as you said, it's sort of a size of a unit. So we got space for 13 beds dedicated towards advanced liver disease. It took us almost a year to put together best practices and guidelines to take care of these patients. We shared, practiced, and and, uh, and also revised those guidelines multiple times. Got together a multi professional team together in order to build this unit.
0: So tell me, when you say multidisciplinary, what disciplines are involved? Who do you have all on your team?
1: It's a slew of disciplines, starting from transplant hepatology, liver transplant surgeons, physical therapy, dietitian, social worker, transplant coordinators nurse practitioners from our ICU as well as hepatology. You know, we started with the huddle as well as co-management with co-rounding model. So we presented the idea as we envisioned together that it would be helpful to have a huddle in the morning to streamline the processes for these patients for the day. When the idea was bought by the team, we do meet right after our ICU huddle for 15 minutes or so to talk about these patients, followed by co-rounding with hepatology team.
0: So you mentioned the huddle. I know we have the medical ICU huddle for all the ICU patients. For those who are not familiar with the huddle concept, how does that work?
1: So this huddle contains representatives from all these multidisciplinary team. And this huddle is specifically geared towards day-to-day management of these patients. So we have a checklist where representative from each team has something to say about the patient. For example, the will talk about, we need to start nutrition today, call the Corpac nurse. As early as possible, social workers will bring out, um, you know, whether this patient is a transplant candidate. Transplant coordinators will bring out, okay, you need to do this, this, this in order to complete the transplant workup for today. So we keep that hurdle only for 10 to 15 minutes so that we can just outline the plan for the day and go for co-management in the form of co-rounding with the hepatology staff.
0: That's wonderful. What are some of the best practices you learned from running such a unit?
1: I would summarize it firstly as the framework of multidisciplinary team approach, standardization of practices, and collaboration with the team well-equipped with the knowledge and resources for expedited transplant work and open channels of communication between all the team members has been instrumental in the outcomes we are today. I can say for sure that we have seen and observed decrease in mortality in this patient population, If we compare the data from 2014 to 2018 before liver transplant, our ICU mortality of advanced liver disease was 30%. We did see a change almost 10 to 12%. The mortality from 32% decreased to 20% in a year. Saying that, I can reconfirm this number by saying in the last year of pandemic, we had a high MALS score, which is the QT level in a liver patient was much higher as compared to previous years. Our MEL score went up from 27 to 31 over the year of pandemic. But at the same time, even seeing the high acuity level patients, we saw more transplants happening from the milieu as compared to previous years. 70% of the patients who hit the milieu last year and went on for transplant went directly from milieu to OR as compared to 40% in the last year.
0: Oh, that's pretty impressive. So tell me more about the relationship then as a milieu director you developed with the surgical team, the transplant, uh, the medical and the surgical transplant teams.
1: So both hepatology transplant team as well as liver transplant surgeons have been an integral part of the team. So how the workflow happens in the morning is the transplant coordinator and the transplant nurse practitioner is present in the huddle. So they take on a major role in that huddle where they talk about the transplant and candidacy and what to do for these patients on a daily basis. Our transplant hepatology and transplant surgeons both are available throughout the day for open communication. So we talk about patients and in case there is a change in plan, we revisit on a multiple time as needed basis during the day and coordinate care of these patients. It's the effort from both the teams which has led to all the outcomes we are seeing positively from the milieu.
0: You know, you mentioned the rise in MELD score. And, you know, as a critical care physician myself, I remember how hard it is to take care of these liver patients just when you have one or two of them on your service. Now, imagine having an entire service of these patients so that must be really a very busy and, and a very exhausting service. What are some of the strategies you've used to try to kind of address that? You know, I know you mentioned something about a et etc.
1: Absolutely. You know, this was a major thing on my head when we started the unit, especially knowing the nursing burden. Nurses carry two patients in general in our ICU at a time. Having these kind of patients, having young nurses, seeing high mortality patients has been a challenge. So pre-COVID, we started something called psychosocial rounds, where these nurses were given an open opportunity to discuss the challenges. They can talk about the patient, you know, and and there was a social worker and a person from spiritual care who were there to help out. We call it resilience and burnout. In that sense, taking those nurses aside and discussing the burnout and giving them opportunities for taking breaks and discussing, um, you know, and also I brought up, post-transplant patients to be present in those meetings sometimes so that the nurses can see the other side of the word, post-transplant, because, of course, in milieu, we don't see post-transplant patients. So seeing that success stories was very helpful. In the setting of pandemic, we had to stop those rounds. And we have now started, it's called Gratitude Wall in the unit. And people come and share their ideas on that wall. And it has become very popular over the last two months. Seeing people thanking each other and engaging with each other has been very kind of collegial environment in the milieu. People look forward to write on the wall. There are multiple venues where we advertise that wall and people are taking leverage of it. There is a dedicated social worker who evaluates that wall and see if there is a risk of need or there is a person who feels like probably is at the verge of burnout so that they can address those issues on the side.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. You mentioned outcomes earlier in a you more kind of numbers and stuff. But can you share with us some stories about how this unit kind of improved the outcomes, how certain things could not have been done if this unit were not in place?
1: Of course, I would say this unit is successful only because of collaboration with multiple teams. I can share multiple stories, but the two offhand come to my mind uh, very often are as soon as we started milieu in 2018, there was a big flare of mushroom poisoning which was kind of very scary to us because it was just a brand new unit and people were getting attracted to it. We were a little unsure how we are going to handle all that burden. So there was a family of seven people who came all at once with mushroom poisoning and all with acute liver failure. It was our collaboration with one of the pediatric hepatology in the clinic, who at the time was involved in a pilot study on a drug, which was at the time, under not FDA approved, but under compassionate use. So, we ended up obtaining that drug through him, along with all the supportive care. Out of these seven patients, two patients successfully got transplanted, and five went home safe and sound in full remission. So, that was a big success. And, you know, it not only gave us satisfaction or a motive to move forward, but also it gave us a, a good idea how a multidisciplinary team collaboration can work in this unit. Similarly, I would say last year, there was a patient who came in with acute Tylenol toxicity, a questionable transplant candidacy. We were working him up for transplant. And with the team of transplant surgery, oncology, hematology, we all came up and brainstormed the ideas what other options could be possible. There was a recent study on plasma exchange at the time, which was done on a short, low cohort population we kind of extrapolated that study to that patient and gave him high-volume plex therapy. That patient also successfully, of course, that was a long course in the hospital, probably in 30, 40 days, but made out from the hospital to the rehab and now home, and we are seeing him as an outpatient.
0: Well, That's pretty impressive. So like somebody who needed transplant, did not qualify, you got him out of the hospital even without needing transplant. That's That's pretty amazing. Any other thoughts, anything else you want to share with us about this milieu, the medical intensive liver unit that I have not asked you about, or you think it's important for our audience to know?
1: I would like to share that we have a very bright future coming up. We acquired a machine called Molecular Adsorbent Recirculating System. It's an albumin dialysis, sort of kidney dialysis for renal patients. This is sort of a liver dialysis for patients as a bridge to recovery or bridge to transplant. And at this point, we are probably going to expand the use of this machine to acute on chronic liver failure, again, to remove the toxins and see if we can bridge to transplant or we can bridge to recovery. There is multiple studies in the past who have seen successes with this machine. So I'm very, very hopeful that we are going to make a groundbreaking change by having that machine in our unit. Another thing I would say is we have been able to accomplish a big milieu registry and we are, at this moment, at multiple stages of different retrospective and prospective studies about taking care of these patients, and that can revolutionize our future in taking care of these patients. Those are two great ideas I'm looking forward to in the next few months. In addition, we are planning a educational symposium in August of 2022 that would be a nationwide symposium to teach and learn from experts all over the country and share the knowledge we have gained and share the successes we have gained so far in the milieu.
0: Wonderful. Really, thank you for sharing all what you've done already and what you plan to do for this amazing new unit that you established. So uh, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Dr. B.
0: And thank you everybody for listening. Again, my guest today was Dr. Anshul Kapoor, who established and currently directs the Medical Intensive Liver Unit at the Cleveland Clinic. Thank you, Anshul. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Respiratory Exchange. For more stories and information from Cleveland Clinic Respiratory Institute, you can follow us on Twitter at Clee Clinic Lungs or follow me at MD. Thank you.